Can't accuse him of being an action for his own after last week. He said he's bringing <laughs> Craig Johnson in. He did. And it was one of the great 45 minutes of uh, one's professional life, Carlos, to be here with you two last week. Thank anyway, you. Andy, look, every time I meet him, every time I have lunch with him, every time, which is not a lot, by the way, he doesn't always come to Australia that often, but, uh, it, but it's like that. You know, we were we happened to be on radio last week, mm. but uh, you know, just sitting there and you know, just in a cafe somewhere and listening to stories that you think you've heard everything there is to know about Craig Johnston, and and then he'll come up with something else and hang on, how come I've never heard that yeah. before? You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the story. I mean, we talk about his Liverpool career and how he, you know, he was rejected basically by Jackie Charlton, and and then he turned things around at Middlesbrough, and then he became this huge star at a quite a young age. By the way, mm. there were ten clubs after him when Liverpool picked him up. Uh, there was Chelsea, Spurs, Nottingham Forest when the great Brian Clough was uh, managing them. Um, all these clubs Leeds. were after him. Yeah, even some Italian clubs. I mean, mm. th- this guy was hot, hot property back then. Yeah, Leeds was the other one. And Leeds were a good side back mm. then. And, of course, Liverpool came in. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's a great story within itself. And he went on to score an FA Cup goal and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, the story of the Predator boot is a movie in itself. Mate, I, did, I, I must have <laughs> been the last person on planet Earth to know about that. He's him basically designing that. And after the show, when I went home, I, I just Googled it. Unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> basically, he saved Adidas. Yeah. Like, Adidas was about to close the door. The brand was about to... Oh, look, I don't know whether... I don't know enough about business to know whether someone's going to come in and keep it alive, but y- 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 some accounts are the brand was about to be yeah. evaporated. Yep. And this boot was the salvation. The Craig Johnson designer became the highest-selling boot for 20 years, it reigned supreme. And, you know, we all know how quickly that market changes. And yet this boot yep. continued to maintain its hold in the market. Incredible story. Like, and, incredible story. And what how he described how he got it up in the end really didn't do justice to the actual story. I mean, he literally knocked on the door of Bayern Munich. Mm. Uh, and there was snow all over the pitch. And he... <laughs> He, you know, Franz Beckenbauer happened to remember a Craig Johnston who scored a goal for Liverpool and said, "Okay, Craig, come in. You got five minutes. What do you want to do?" And 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 he had these prototypes with yeah, you know, the table tennis stuff, that rubber and stuff. And on, yeah. he gave it to Franz Beckenbauer and a couple of other like champions. Uh, Karl Heinz Rummenigge was one of them, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were just kicking around the snow for a bit. I mean. If he tells you that full story, I mean that itself is a is a doco in itself. Just oh, getting man. them to and it was there great words to Adidas in the end that got him the meeting, that got him the actual contract in the end. So, fantastic, mate. Is there any prospect, because that was the other thing that we talked about before we get on to the affairs at hand now, but he's got the, the training template, the coaching template, the one that he applied to himself, and that was what led him to become this you know outstanding player that he turned, that he turned himself into. Is there any prospect of that? And it sounds like he's run into some dead ends along the way between then and now, but is there any way that... And I, I suspect you might be involved in something here, so I don't know whether you can tell me the whole story, but can that be something that is going to be a Craig Johnson legacy that can be formally turned into a kit, a guide, a video, or something that future gener- generations can use if they choose to? Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's, yeah. it's one of those things where there's so many greats of the game who have got their own ways of playing. They I mean, work for them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we get in AFL football here that mm. people have their own programs, their own videos, their own modules, coaching and so forth. And there's some of the greats of the game throughout the world have got their own 
sort of uh, sort of secrets on how to become a great player. Mm. So it's a pretty cluttered marketplace for these yeah, sort of yeah, that's things. A good and, point. and also the other thing you have is that there's Eng- there's there's FAs all around the world. I mean, there's uh, Football Australia and there's English FA. They've got their own technical departments all setting concrete. They write their curriculums. So if you're going to come in with a private sort yeah. of a model and just say mine's the best, well. Who's to say you're the best? Mm. I mean, you know, we've we've done all our research about what. So there's a lot of what you find in world football at at the highest level and at the in the pub leagues. Everyone's an expert. Mm. Everyone has their 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 secret to success. Mm. So it's 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 a difficult question to answer. But I know Craig's dedicated his life for the last, especially the last since he's finished football, trying to get people to um, have a look at what he's got. And there has been some big names. We didn't get a chance to speak about Johan Cruyff last week. Johan Cruyff, may he rest in peace, actually was a great mate of uh, Craig Johnston and a business partner in this sort of uh, yeah, yeah, philosophy. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and it just uh, it didn't go anywhere in the end because uh, of his illness and so forth. But uh, that's how high it went and that's the respect he had at that level. Well, every Australian kid probably wanted to have a water tank in their backyard and a golf ball and a cricket stumped in <laughs> after Donald Bradman did that for 100 years. So yeah. um, we'll move on. Uh, if you went to the International Champions Cup and in any of the games here in Melbourne or down in Geelong, uh, and you, we'd love to hear from your experience, the atmosphere. I know Carlos has got a bit to say about it. Um, 9429 11, and we've got a bit of stuff to give away. If you went to one of the games, what was it like? Was it money well spent? Did you feel like you got value for your cash? Was it a disappointing um, sort of hollow type experience? Get on the line if you've got something to offer regarding that. I know you do want to talk about that, but if the calls come in, as the people yep. are thinking about giving a call and you get your thoughts around that, I know you're desperate to get something off your chest about <laughs> about the pre-opening ceremony mm. um, routine coverage of an Olympic Games. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can see you're yeah. troubled, it, and you can, and you're, and you're a little bit. Um, I'm happy for you to just get her off your chest. It's not necessarily football related. In fact, the football team, the girls over there at the Matildas, you don't hear a peep out of them at the moment. Nope. And uh, and and they're just focused on what they've got to do. Their first games on Thursday morning, uh, uh, Rio time against uh, I think it's against Canada. Uh, Big game. Not a peep out of them. Which I like. I like. I like our travelling teams. Our you know athletics swimmers. Just go over there. Focus. Actually, yeah. The the tougher it is. The more barren it is over there, yes. the tough, you know, the more diseases there are. Just stay <laughs> focused, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm cringing at every opportunity to bag, you know, the Rio or the Brazilian organisation, the the Zika virus, the uh, the 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 sewage in the you know the raw sewage in the waterways. Uh, you know, there was a fire alarm that went off in the um, accommodation. Uh, a couple of you know, what a week ago, yeah. and it was big. It was almost you know headline news on the commercial networks. Yeah, let us just go over there and focus. The tougher it is, the better it is. We, it'll, we'll steal ourselves better. The siege mentality. Come on, draw on that rather than complain. Because uh, I'm I'm sensing lame efforts all around this uh, as as, <laughs> I, as part of the excuses. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I, that's I re- just me. No, I'm glad you got it off your chest. I reckon it's um. I reckon the media who go over there um, and those that have been over there for a little while, they're just so desperate for either someone to return a positive drug test so they can write about that, and there's your big story if you're not interested in the actual sports, or the sports themselves to begin because that's what they're after. They're just trying to kill some time, and there's really nothing else to talk about. 
But we so, do it. We do it every oh, major a, event. Mate, it's routine it, behaviour. Commonwealth Games. No it's doubt. not in Australia because Australia, we, you know, we're squeakily clean, uh, clean here. You know, it's all right. hygiene. Everything's fine. Perfect. We, we were in Brazil two years ago. The Diego's with our little touring party for the World Cup, yeah. and. We could not have had a better. We frolicked through the waterways. Right. We there was no air guard to be seen. There was we had just the best time over there, and no complaints about accommodation or anything like that. I don't <laughs> think we got any of those stories. Uh, you know, everyone just had a great time. That was two years ago. You yep. think that you think that the problems they have now, or the supposed the problems they've they would have had two years ago. No, no issue at all. No, no teams were complaining about accommodation or yeah, yep. and the Olympics. People are argue it would be as big as the World Cup or close to it. You know, I'm not sure yeah. which was bigger, but you know, whichever way it is, it's pretty major. I mean, they got it right two years ago, and suddenly they're not getting it right now. I don't <laughs> know. Point, maybe maybe we're just you know trying to find tough it up. So, you know, tough it yeah, up. Absolutely. Just focus on focus on the tough on, on what you've got to do over I'm, there. I'm with you. 27 minutes to three. We're going to break out of the way. Matt, Ben, Frank, John want to hear from you about the International Champions Cup. Carlos got some views he uh, he wants to express as well. We'll get to your calls on the other side of the break here on afternoons on 11:16 SEN. Gee, a lot of support coming your way for your editorial statement about <laughs> just manning up or toughening up yeah. a little bit the Australian Olympic team. Come on. Come on. Just toughen up a little bit. Now, there's also a lot of people want to talk about the International Champions Cup. Let's whip through their yep. calls, and then I'll, I'll get you to respond, and um, you can add uh, to what Matt and others have got to say. Matt's in Parkdale at 22-3. to 3. Did you go to – you obviously went, Matty, to one of the games here in Melbourne. What was it like for you? Yeah, no, look, I went Friday night. My daughter had a training thing with Tottenham Hotspur during the week leading up to it, which was absolutely fantastic. But when we got to the game, I mean, she's only nine. She was looking really forward to it. It was boring as anything, mate. Like, we were in the Tottenham interactive area and there was there was not, nothing going on. They didn't have anything to keep the kids entertained, mate. You know what I mean? And when you say about six shots on goal all night, it gets a bit drawn out, you know? Absolutely. That's uh, it's. It, I, I don't think you're voice of negativity is going to be a lone one, Matty. Ben's in Altona. Did you go, Ben? Yeah, man, I went. I was just... Um, I, I went to years previous as well for uh, Real Madrid and Roma and whatnot, and they had more stars come down. I know it's a pre-season hit out, but at least they had a few more players in, as opposed to like, with Tottenham, they've played Eric Lamella and Christian Eriksen and they've virtually come off at half-time, so you've only got to see these players for like 45 minutes, and, you know, it's a bit substandard in my opinion. Thanks, mate. Frank's in Endeavour Hills. Uh, you echoing the thoughts of the first two callers, Frank? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was great to watch Dybala. I'm a lifelong Juventus supporter, so that was awesome. But uh, all the advertisements that came to me had Buffon and uh, Harry Kane and a few other guys on there, so it was quite disappointing that they didn't turn up, but... Um, hopefully we can get better at that moving forward. Johnny in Mooney Ponds, what did you think of it, John? Hi guys, I just want to add different angle. If we're going to get a B or C grade teams, can we also receive B and C grade prices? I paid. Well, my partner bought me a, a birthday uh, present, hundred sixty dollar ticket for Atletico Madrid and uh, Spurs, and the game was boring as. I think you've hit a nail on a hit here, Johnny. Steve's in Thomastown. Uh, what did you think of it, Steve? Boys, I enjoyed it. I went on the game as a neutral. The atmosphere was good. The football was good. And as a Liverpool supporter, I got to boo Fernando Torres. So that was good as well. <laughs> Why would you ever want to boo Fernando Torres as a Liverpool supporter, Steve? He sold his soul to Chelsea. He That's gave us so much joy, though, Steve. He gave us so. He was such a thing of beauty in the red shirt. 
Well, that's business, but you know, I thought that you know he took the, t- the mate at Chelsea. <laughs> uh, fair he, enough. He ran basically. Fair enough. Andy's in Wyndham Vale. Last one on this before we hear from Carlos. What did you make of it, mate? Yeah, hey mate, I've been to a lot of these. I get sucked into all these big teams coming out. <laughs> this is the first one I went to the Juve victory game because I'm both a supporter of both clubs and. You know, I would go regardless, but I've got to admit, I'd walked in 20 minutes before the game thinking, where the hell is everyone? Is everyone at the bar or what's going on? There was no one there. I was like a bit shocked. And um, I think we learnt one thing out of this. I think Australians aren't stupid anymore when it comes to football. We don't go out to see colours anymore. You know, Juve's coming to town. We don't go and see the black and white stripes. We go and see these specific players that play for these clubs, these big names. So I think that's probably... The biggest thing to learn, I think the event organisers need to charge appropriately. If you know a World Cup or a Euro competition is on that year, I think they need to charge appropriately. That's a really good point, I reckon. I mean, there's a really yep. common theme amongst the snapshot we've taken there. Yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne has spoken, and uh, and I did my own little survey on Twitter uh, after the or during the victory Juventus game. Yep. Basically saying, where the hell are the, have I missed something? Where the hell are the victory supporters? And I got a lot of those answers back. And look, uh, I think the last caller there uh, said that, you know, we're much more mature about these things these days. But please, these tournaments are great. And we've seen some really good crowds prior to this year. Last year, 99,000 Real Madrid versus uh, Manchester City. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was playing playing in that game, plus other you know stars for Manchester City. Yep. We saw before that 96,000 Melbourne victory versus Liverpool. That was an ICC. But what what we've got to learn is, you know, I'm not sure, you know, obviously it's a government-backed uh, initiative. Uh, a private company runs these things all around the world. But on, in years where there's a Euros tournament or a Copper America, it, especially this year when there was two at the same time, don't have this competition. Yeah. There's no way the best players in the world, especially Italy, for example, had seven Juventus players in that team for the Euros. Uh, they played uh, in, in pre- high-pressured games. There's a lot of expectation on them after a big season anyway in the City R. Mm. And then suddenly they're asked to play these. They were always going to be given rests. Mm. And it doesn't matter of what. Course. I mean, you, they're only human. They're not machines. <laughs> Mate, these the leagues, all these, the big leagues, the big European leagues start in the next two yeah, weeks. Yeah. So never have, or if they... If they insist on having it, don't go. Don't buy a ticket to an ICC or even a touring party if there's been a big tournament beforehand yep. that involves some of their players. This is the time that they're going to be rested. And uh, and we've seen that time and time again. Uh, and I think Australians have learnt that. And if uh, the organisers don't you know, listen to the fans and at least the fact look at the crowds and uh, ask that question, they're going to you know lose a lot of money in these things or just give up on it altogether. Well, you, yeah. And I think we should still have them. I think uh, what Victory did during this whole, you know, uh, uh, you know, exercise is play the young kids, and we saw some really good young kids come through, especially on Sunday against Atletico Madrid. And for me, that's that's the win for me. See, for us here, for our team, and you know, we don't want to be um, you know fawning at the feet of you know global giants or anything, but you you do got to you've got to understand where you sit in the scheme of things. For Nick Ansel to score a goal against those. <laughs> Okay, we're not going to see the shirts anymore, yep. one of the core said. But for Nick Ansel to score that goal and for the players who helped set that up to be involved in that, that, that that's yeah. priceless. I mean, that is actually a priceless little piece of development and, and yep. confidence and experience that, that 
that that your money can't buy that stuff. And even guys like Stefan Negro on the uh, in the second half when he came on, uh, dribbled past one or two of the Atletico Madrid players and mm, created a yep. chance. Uh, a young boy, Chris Theaharis, who who was skipping past tackles with ball at feet. You know, Sebastian Pasquale we saw in earlier games. I mean, these guys here, and I'm not sure where they were part of their NPL team, but I did see a victory versus Bullens Lions uh, NPL game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and Victory Boys had lost the game. But I don't think I'd seen better football played at that level in years. Is that right? That's how good these kids were in the NPL team. Yep. And I, Ian Robson was there on the night. I'm saying, Robbo, uh, Bullings won this game, but my God, what you've got here is gold. Now, I'm not sure whether these kids are the ones that they were thrown on because uh, we didn't have team lists on that night. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But but they, if they were, my God, what they're doing in that NPL team, like Grant Bevan is involved. I'm not sure whether Vaughan Coveney is still involved at that level. But what they're doing there, there's some great, great talent. They did say a couple of weeks ago, I'm looking for a star, young, some young kid to come out of somewhere. Uh, and, uh, and Victory, I think, uh, have unearthed one or two of them. And I hope that they go on. 16-year-old kids who are, like I said, well and truly competitive, if not better than some of those Atletico Madrid boys were on the weekend. Well, give us some before when we get a bit closer to the start of the A-League, would be great to get a couple of these um, names that might kind of force their way in. Speaking of Melbourne victory, uh, great that James Troisi's come back and has re-signed. We, we, we know how important he's been in this league for Melbourne victory in the past. It's a fantastic signing. It is. Um, it is. But, but, I, but, but I worry about what's happened to him in the last yeah. three years, uh, or last two years, I think, since the Asian Cup. Uh, he's played in Saudi Arabia. He was, uh, sorry, he was Belgium and doing quite well there. Went to Saudi Arabia uh, uh, for great money, yep. um, or in the Middle East for great money, and, of course, went to China for the money. Uh, didn't play very much in China. I think played three games in six months there. Uh, it, it ended badly in uh, in the Middle East also. So you wonder where his football's at. I mean, Victory have not signed him on a marquee contract, so he's, in the, he's under the salary cap. So uh, you wonder whether he's just coming okay. back to rebuild and where How he's at. I'd be probably in his late, late 20s, 20s yeah. 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 About you know, 28, around that. Yeah. So you wonder whether he's just he, – and but there's nothing wrong with this – coming back to rebuild. Uh, if that's the case, if he's hungry, he's going to be great for you. If he's lost his way a bit, and it's not quite sure. We've seen some of these guys come back. Uh, you wonder. But Kevin Musket won't tolerate anyone who's not up to it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what shape he's in, you know, what his appetite is for the game, because he's still good enough to play for Australia. So let's see. Well, he's too young. That's what I was asking. Yeah. He's too young to have closed the door on ambition. So, and whether it be to be an outstanding player domestically, maybe still see what's over and available to him elsewhere. But from an international, from a, from a representative perspective, yep. um, he's too young to say goodbye to all of that, surely. Yeah. And surely. A, a, you don't get a player like, you don't get a player at 16 getting picked up by Newcastle in the EPL unless he's got sublime talent because mm. they can pick up any young kid around the world. That's what Troisi was. Yep. He was in, he was at Newcastle. They, they wouldn't let him go. He got picked up by Juventus, by the way. He was loaned out everywhere. But he, I mean, Juventus recognises him also. So mm. this guy has got, you know, talent in bundles. Uh, it's always been what sort of state of mind he, he was in. There was times when he was at victory the first time around where Muskie had to put his foot down. Uh, a couple of times he dragged him for not doing you know, the team things and so forth, but then he came good. If he's in that mood, 
He's going to be a champion for victory. All right. The, the other domestic story from the other mob here. Why? What's going on with Timmy Cale? Why haven't, <laughs> why haven't they trotted him out? We've had the press conference with him wearing the Melbourne City um, the shirt. And why hasn't that happened? All I can think of, and it's only speculation, all I can think of is the fact that there's three parties involved here. Uh, actually, yeah, three parties. There's not only City and Timmy Cale, but there's FFA also. Yeah. And the FFA require this you know, this player that's deemed a guest player that's 12 months to be more than just a player for a club. You've got to be that's marketable right, okay. across the board. So do some other stuff. You've got to do some other stuff. Right. And, you know, we've also seen Timmy in the past really promote his academies. And he might be pushing that with the FFA. And the FFA have got their own programs. We talk about the Craig Johnston mm. issue with the mm. FFA. They've got their own program. So you wonder whether there's a bit of argy-bargy there. Again, I'm only speculating. I don't know. Could that sort of thing be a deal-breaker? Uh, or have we gone yeah. too far down the track yeah. as far as you know for that yeah. to be? I'd be surprised because there's just too many people saying that the deal is done. Uh. Uh, so it's just it's got to be stuff around the edges right now. And FFA and Timmy have not always got that's a lot. What I'm, that's sort so, of what I'm get, getting at here. I know it's getting late for him to, to sort of source options elsewhere, but he's, he can be stubborn or obstinate or prickly or whatever word you want to use. Um, and... I just wonder whether if push comes to shove, I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Carl, from what I've observed over these, just watching Tim Carl, he could go, oh, stuff it, I've got, a, I've got enough. I don't need to do it. I don't need to play. Well, he, uh, well, although, he, although he's he wants got to go to the World Cup. Right. Yeah, he wants to that. go to the World Cup and he's good enough to make that squad yeah. for the World Cup. And if he looks after himself, he'll, he'll make that squad. Okay. So he's got to play somewhere. He did say a couple of weeks ago that he had two options, which probably yeah. you know, drove Melbourne City mad. Uh and I think the other option was a US MLS team, but I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm not sure how uh, you know credible that is, or how serious that was. Maybe that was just thrown in for leverage. I'm not sure, but we we know that there's teams in the A League that haven't bothered because you know yeah, unofficially deal, a bit the, too much trouble. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's a, right a, a bit, bit too much trouble. A bit you know just a bit too much hard work. Yep. They'd love him as a player, but all the rest that goes with it. It's hard to deal with sometimes. It's nine minutes to three. We've got to get our final break out of the way before we come back to wrap it up. A couple of other things I want to talk to you about uh, regarding um, football elsewhere. I haven't spoken to you about Sam Allardyce and whether that's a good or bad or a point yet. And David Moyes is back in the fold in, in Premier League football. I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on that as well. When we come back with Carlos Alberto Diego, it's nine minutes to three. Of course I will, Carlos. Do you know much about Jonathan Calieri, the Argentine striker, and I hope I've pronounced his name correctly, who appears to be headed to West Ham? No, I don't know. I did see the article uh, in the paper today, or in the online today, but uh, he's certainly, obviously, a, a young up-and-coming footballer who West Ham has identified, which they're very... Slavon Bilic is terrific at identifying these sort of plays. I mean, he really turned Payet, uh, D- uh, Dimi Payet, uh, Payet's uh, career around. He just finds them. Um, there's a few of them at West Ham at the moment, guys who just had, you know, career best years last season. He might be my favourite manager yeah. outside of Jurgen Klopp. But he's, always, he... but he's always been someone that, when he was Croatian manager, they just loved him. Now I don't know if there might be some Croatian supporters out there who might disagree with me, but yeah. but uh, but it seems like the players played for him and loved him. He just seems like a players' manager. He puts it all yeah. out there on the and that, I think you know 
again, I've gravitated to Klopp because of the affection for the club. But he looks like that type as well. Yeah. On the sort, living every tackle with you, he's in your corner. And uh, he, it's like Billich looks exactly the same. Uh, to that end, um, Moyes gets the job at Sunderland this weekend. And my poor mathematics, I think Hull now is the last Premier League side yet to lock away its manager for the year. Yeah. So six of the 19 managers in the Premier League this year are British. So that means the other 13 with one to come are not. I don't know whether you know off the top of your head, but is that some sort... That must be a record, is it, for non-British managers mm. in the Premier League? It just seems like that over the last kind of 10 years has very much become yeah. the way to go. I'm not sure if it's a record, but certainly that's something that... It's funny. It, it, I think it's an indictment on the English team also. I think the, the fact that they... That, that Stevie Bruce, a bloke who... Wasn't good enough to coach Man U. I mean, the goal was a legend at Man U and had a couple of opportunities to go for that job. Didn't get it. Uh, you know, Sammy Allardyce, now we could talk about him in a moment. But these guys are guys who, who are masters at avoiding relegation or yep. getting a team promoted. And they're suddenly in line for the England job. I mean, this is a problem with English football, really. I'm sure there's some good managers out there, Brendan Rodgers and these sort of guys. But, you know, talk about them compared to someone like a Guardiola or yeah. someone like a... Uh, you know, Mourinho. Is it possible to do that, though? I mean, um, Ranieri did what he did last year with Leicester, but when you're talking about, you know, the Guardiolas of the world and the and the um, the rivers of money they've got to spend on their list, whereas um, the, the other guys that you're talking about, Sam Allardyce would never have had a team with a payroll um, to work with that Guardiola would have had and, and has got again now. So is it a yep. is it a fair comparison to make? Do you reckon? Well, I've just listening. I've just read some stuff uh, from uh, Clichy uh, from uh, Manchester City uh, talking about his preseason under Guardiola. And what this is a guy, an experienced player, played for France, played for yeah, Arsenal under yeah, Wenger, yeah. and so forth. This guy was talking about sessions that he'd never heard okay, any of this stuff ever said to him before. I mean, this is under Guardiola. So they're worth the money. Uh, if you get a chance to read the, yeah. the issue, uh, it's an article about nutrition at Man City and he won't play, he won't allow overweight players to even train with the team. Mm. I mean, if you get that article there, I'm not sure where, it, I've read it somewhere in the last couple of days, but when Clichy talks about Guardiola and his training sessions, not ever seeing some of the stuff that's been you know, been set up for them in yeah. this in this preseason, uh, and he's so excited. It's really you know you know revitalised his want to play and so forth. I think there is a difference, uh, but with with the Sammy Allardyce, you know, in the past it's not been the talent so much in the England team, even though people do argue that. Mm. But there's been some pretty good players, world class players who play for England, uh, but their managers don't seem to be able to you know just control them or they don't seem to be able to manage them. One thing about Sam Allardyce. Players love him, mm. and he's a big enough personality to be able to rule that change room, I believe. Um, and maybe that's why he got the job. Yeah. But he certainly wouldn't get it for the technical ability he shows with his teams, even though he hasn't had to. He hasn't had a team like a Man City to win a Premier League, or, or but he's had Bol the Boltons of this world and Newcastle of this world, and he tends to stave off relegation or or you know take him to mid table and safety and you know West Ham a few years ago and stuff. Yeah. So he's a successful English coach, but whether he will win him a World Cup or a Euros, uh, it remains to be seen. He can probably it probably helps that. Um most of the English press seem to like him as well. He seems to have yeah. a good relationship with him, so maybe it just buys the English FA a bit of time. Uh, there's a billion other things, and we'll do that <laughs> next week. That's always you, the case. Carlos Alberto, Diego, that's it. The boys on the run home next.